Na, not, ekatra, in one place, te, your, jayati, stay, salini, O beautiful woman, harapalmam, lotus feet, nantyaha, striking, muhu, again and again, karatalena, by the palm of the hand, patat, bouncing, patangam, the ball, madhyam, waist, vishidati, gets fatigued, rihat, full grown, stana, of your breasts, bhara, by the weight, bitam, oppressed, shantaiva, as if fatigued, jistihi, vision, amala, clear, su, beautiful, shika, your hair, samuaha, bunch. Per, uh, translate in purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada. Oh, beautiful woman, when you strike the bouncing ball against the ground with your hand again and again, your lotus feet do not stay in one place. Oppressed by the weight of your full-grown breasts, your waist becomes fatigued, and your clear vision grows dull, as it were. Pray braid your comely hair. Please repeat, O beautiful woman, when you strike the bouncing ball against the ground with your hand again and again, your lotus feet do not stay in one place. Oppressed by the weight of your full-grown breasts, your waist becomes fatigued and your clear vision grows dull, as it were. Pray braid your comely hair. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The demons observe beautiful gestures in the woman's every step. Here they praise her full-grown breasts, her scattered hair, and her movements in stepping forward and backward while playing with the ball. At every step they enjoy her womanly beauty, and while they enjoy her beauty, their minds become agitated by sex desire. As moths at night surround a fire and are killed, so the demons become victims of the movements of the ball-like breasts of a beautiful woman. The scattered hair of a beautiful woman also afflict the hearts of a lusty demon. Jai Prabhupada. Om Agyana Tamirandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshu Omnilitamina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Vancha Kalpa Chubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vyavita Patita Nam Bhavane Vyo Vaishnade Vyo Namo Namaha Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vanacharine Prabhupavlabaya Sneda Shila Vinodine Agyana Dwantagamana Paschatehe Patitavana Gyana Guru Taya Chita Harine Chakshashere Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namine Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavari Paschatari Satarine Jaya Shri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhunitananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasadi Gauravatavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare O beautiful women, when you strike the bouncy ball against the ground with your hand again and again, your lotus feet do not stay in one place. Oppressed by the weight of your full-grown breast, your waist becomes fatigued and your clear vision grows dull as it were. 
Hey, braid your comely hair. <clears throat> braid. Braid your hair. Your what kind of hair? Comely. 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 I'm sorry. I thought of hair, I thought of comey. So. <laughs> comely, yes, comely hair. Uh, this description reminds us of uh, Mohini Murti in Krishna, the world of Lord Shiva. And um, Krishna is showing us the power of Maya, which is uh, the highest state in the form of the opposite sex. And this absorption by materialists in this uh, vision of the opposite sex is a perpetual state of being. Like when Prabhupada, I believe he was looking at the New York skyline, he said, this is simply sex desire. So it's all done for the pleasure principle. To attain pleasure, we are driven. We move based on object of gratification. And so the absorption in material consciousness is sex desire. And so we are all a victim of that in this world. And that's the status quo of material enjoyment. Prabhupada said, in every species of life, this is um, an impelling force. In the 18th chapter of, of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna states the different factors of action and then the different impetuses for action. So the body is the place of action and the senses are the instruments for action. And then you have the soul who is a performer. The soul is given minute independence to, to act. And then you have the different impetuses for action or different types of endeavor. And then you have the super soul. And the super soul is given the facility to engage in these actions. So the Lord is actually creating this facility for enjoyment in this world. And that shadow of enjoyment, the highest form, is the opposite sex. Or the sexual attraction, whatever that may be. Um, <laughs> so the impetus is for action. There's three impetuses for action that Krishna... Uh, describes, and that is knowledge, the knower, and the object of knowledge. So that is always the three factors motivating act, action or the impetuses for action because the knower, who is us or the performer, gains knowledge about something, some type of enjoyment that can be gained. Like, hey, Ananta Prabhu, did you know that there's this beautiful beach? You know, in Southern California, we can go and we can surf some of those high waves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. So you're the knower, and then the knowledge is the, that beach. And then the object of knowledge is attaining that beach, actually going there. And so we're always being driven by some object of knowledge. We're always given some, we're always tipped off by some type of enjoyment, in one form or another. And then the Chaitanya Charitamrita said that there's unlimited varieties of enjoyment in this material world. There's unlimited different types of endeavor. A living entity is always seeking different types of enjoyment. And so Lord Chaitanya, uh, being the topmost devotee, 
he really set the, the, the example about how to deal with sexual attraction um, as being um, the most, first of all, the most difficult type of sense enjoyment to overcome in this world because it's the highest pleasure in this world, and also the most dangerous for the aspiring transcendentalist. And so there's many um, examples of the Lord um, especially being in the renounced order, uh, setting the, the mood and example of a perfect sannyasi about avoiding this, um, this maya and this environment that creates desire for maya, environments that give rise to this knowledge. Right? Like uh, Sobari Muni. Sobari Muni thought, I'm, I'm completely safe. I'm meditating in the water. How can I be disturbed meditating underwater? And he saw these two fish having sex. And in that way he fell down. So the Lord was showing us that we have to be extremely careful, like, like the sexual attraction is compared to fire. Fire and butter. We're like butter. We melt around that fire. So the aspiring transcendentalist doesn't put themselves in a risky situation. And so that was Subari Muni's thought. He thought, I won't put myself in a risky situation. I'll, I'll go underwater. But it was proven by this particular pastime that everywhere in this material world is dangerous in terms of being attracted by this Maya. Everywhere. There's no place that doesn't have this danger because it's everywhere. Um, like, of course, we know the story of Ajamil, who's a pious Brahmana, and then he fell down uh, seeing the prostitute. Um, and so, it doesn't matter if we're born into a very pious family, of a very pious upbringing, the, with those great qualities. Because at that particular time, the Brahmanas actually, they were born from a pure lineage and were trained from an early age. So they were very pious, and they were raised to be able to control the mind and senses. But even so, Ajahnmiya fell down for his entire life based on this fact. So Prabhupada, he said that actually, licit sex or illicit sex, all of it is binding for the conditioned soul. All of it is binding. Because illicit sex is more binding, because there's higher implications, there's higher fueling the fire of lusty desire. But even this family life, um, outside of Krishna consciousness, is very binding because it starts to make us think that I am this body, enjoyment is on the bodily platform, that this is my family, this is my home, my country, my society. And so um, it, it very strongly gives rise to this deep attachment that's extremely hard to break. Um, but the, the panacea is this Krishna consciousness. Because, as we're describing, no matter how pious, no matter how we try to avoid the sexual attraction, it's everywhere in this world, especially in Kali Yuga, where sexual attraction is, is used uh, for profit, for advertising. It's everywhere. And not only that, the prototype for beauty uh, in Kali Yuga is based on the, the way to uh, sexually attract, the, 
uh, other people just by just by going about our daily business. And so there is no safety in this material world. Um, the only panacea is to become Krishna consciousness. Become Krishna conscious. The only way. And that's, that's how Haridas Thakur. He, two times, first of all, uh, this, this Muslim governor, he picked out the top prostitute. He picked out the top prostitute. She was turned into a devotee by Haridas Thakur. It's on his purity. Then Maya Devi herself came. Second time. Now he was in a secluded place. He was in a cave. Maya Devi herself came. After she saw the determination of Haridas Thakur, she offered her respects to him. And so if we gain the blessings of these great souls, like Srila Haridas Thakur, and, and like Prabhupada says, Prabhupada, he said, they, they want to touch my feet because I'm free from sex desire. So we become uh, spiritually potent. We become spiritually attractive when we become free from this lust. Because lust is the opposite of love. And deep down in our hearts, we know that. And so when we see a person sacrificing um, this inclination in this world and taking a higher path of sacrifice, we become really deeply attracted to that. Deeply respect that. And, and we, we can actually find shelter under those persons who have been pulled out of this material energy. And the mercy of Guru and Krishna. And so there was, again speaking of, of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there was one pastime where his servant Govinda, well actually the Lord uh, heard this beautiful singing, and it was by a woman, where he was so much absorbed in, in the mellows of this particular song that reminded him of Krishna, of Radha and Krishna, that he started running, running towards the kirtan singer who happened to be a woman. But being absorbed in this love of God, he didn't know whether it was a male or a female. So Govinda ran behind him and caught him and said, Lord, because he wanted to meet this, this singer. He said, who is this singer who has such love for Krishna? Let me meet this singer. He says, Lord, do you know that this is a woman? And the Lord said, Lord Chaitanya said, oh my goodness, thank you so much. I didn't know. So you have saved me, Govinda. You have saved me. He says, I want you to always accompany me. Because you, you rescue me from these potential fall-downs in this world. So he set the example of, of, of how, even as devotees, even if we're in, living a life um, in the environment of Krishna consciousness, we have to be so careful. So I'd like to... Um, read a few verses by King Kula Sheka in the Mukunda Malashtotra because he really uh, shows us the antidote and the antidote is absorption in the attraction and beauty of Krishna. Bhimal um, Prabhu, we were going to the airport we were describing some of the features of Krishna. Right? It's so beautiful. <laughs> right? So it's said that uh, Krishna's his eyebrows they conquer Cupid. They conquer lust. And Krishna is known as Madan Mohan. 
that Cupid conquers everyone in this world. You know, even if temporarily, like sometimes temporarily maybe we're sick or, or we're in a, a stressful environment or something, temporarily we're not attracted by Cupid. But Prabhupada said it's just like the clouds. Sometimes the clouds cover the sun, but eventually the sun comes out. So in our heart we have this deep attraction for Cupid. We have this attraction to the opposite sex or whoever we may be attracted to. And so, so uh, so this Cupid is bewildering everyone, but Madame Mohan Krishna, he attracts even Cupid. And so it's said that, that his eyebrows, that Lord Krishna's eyebrows, can eliminate this lust from our hearts. Because actually through, through, the, through the movement of his eyebrows, he's shooting the arrows of his eyes into our hearts. And he's capturing us, he's enrapturing us. See, we want to be enraptured by pleasure. The pleasure principle. So we have to be shot in the heart by, by, by the true Cupid, the transcendental Cupid, Krishna. That's the only way. So King Kula Shekhar, he's, he's realizing this. And so here, um, actually, uh, speaking on the point of eyebrows, we'll speak about this verse from the, uh, the further on in the third canto. So this is from Bhagavatam. So just try to understand the mighty strength of my Maya in the shape of woman, who by the mere movement of her eyebrows can keep even the greatest conquerors of the world under her grip. So Prabhupada always used the example of Alexander the Great being conquered by the eyebrows of Cleopatra. And so he describes that a little bit in this purport here. One has to study the captivating potency of woman and man's attraction for that potency. From what source was this generated? According to Vedanta Sutra, we can understand that everything is generated from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is enunciated there, Janmanya Astiyataha. This means that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, or the Supreme Person, Brahman, the Absolute Truth, is a source from whom everything emanates. The captivating power of woman and man's susceptibility to such attraction must also exist in the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the spiritual world, it must be represented in the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. So that's what it is. They're seen as shadows. So this is a reflection of the real, real life of Radha and Krishna. That's what the demons are, are they're moving after this shadow in the form of mundane sex life. But that um, source of the shadow, that true reality is Radha and Krishna. The Lord is the supreme person, the supreme male. As a common male wants to be attracted by a female, that propensity similarly exists in the supreme personality of Godhead. He also wants to be attracted by the beautiful features of a woman. Now the question is, if he wants to be captivated by such womanly attraction, would he be attracted by any material woman? It is not possible. Even persons who are in this material existence can give up womanly attraction if they are attracted to the Supreme Brahman. So we'll see what uh, King Kula Shekhar says here. The 22nd verse of the Mukundamala Stotra. Madana pari harastita madye madye manasi mukunda padara vindadami haranayana krishanuna krishosi smarasina chakra parakramam murare. O Cupid, abandon your residence in my mind, which is now the home 
of Lord Mukunda's lotus feet. You have already been incinerated by Lord Shiva's fiery glance. So why have you forgotten the power of Lord Marari's disc? And then Prabhupada says, This is a bold challenge to Cupid, who can usually subdue everyone, including aspiring transcendentalists. As Lord Kapila says to his mother, just try to understand the mighty strength of my Maya in the shape of a woman, who by the mere movement of her eyebrows can keep even the greatest conquerors of the world under her grip. So this is, a, this is an amazing, uh, right now, amazing paragraph that Prabhupada says here. He says, A devotee can challenge Kamadev, Cupid, in such a feisty way, because devotees constantly meditate on Lord Krishna, who destroys Cupid's influence. Here, King Kulashekar is giving fair warning to Kamadev to leave the king's mind or risk destruction for a second time. The reference here is to an incident in which Kamadev tried to shoot his arrows at Lord Shiva to arouse lust in him. Lord Shiva retaliated by burning Kamadev to ashes with his glance. Kamadev, but in the the form of um, Mohini Murti, then he bewildered even Lord Shiva. Because Lord Krishna is that attractive. Lord Shiva retaliated by burning Kamadev to ashes with his glance. Kamadev should have learned his lesson from this incident. If not, King Kulashekar warns that Lord Krishna will have no trouble destroying Kamadev with his disc and freeing his devotee's mind of lust. So then, uh, King Kulashekar, he describes how we can abandon, because remember we were speaking about the objects of knowledge being an impetus for action. So how can, we, how can we abandon these cherished ambitions of the objects of the senses? So he says, O oh mankind, with arms raised high, I declare the truth. Any mortal who chants the names Mukunda, Nishinga, and Janardana day after day even in battle or when facing death, will come to regard his most cherished ambitions as no more valuable than a stone or a block of wood. So then uh, the king, he describes diving into the lake of Krishna. The beauty of Krishna is the only antidote So we'll describe diving into the lake of Krishna and then the cure for this disease of material attraction. So the king says, The desert of material existence has exhausted me, but today I will cast aside all troubles by diving into the lake of Lord Hari and drinking freely of the abundant waters of his splendor. The lotuses in that lake are his hands and feet, and the fish are his brilliant shining eyes. That lake's water relieves all fatigue and is agitated by the waves of his, his arms create. His current flows deep beyond fathoming. So Prabhupada says, We may attain attraction to the Lord's form by worshiping the deity in the temple and hearing descriptions of his form in the Shastra. Also, chanting and hearing his names evokes attraction to his form, which the Lord eventually manifests to the pure chanter. As we become attracted to the form of the Lord, we will give up trying to enjoy other forms 
an effort that simply leads to exhaustion. We will know then that only Krishna can satisfy us. So we pray to have that same attraction to Krishna in this prayer we sing, this Dhammadarastakam. May this vision of your blackish lotus face, which is encircled by locks of curling hair, cheeks red and like bimba fruits due to Mother Yashoda's kisses, may this vision always remain in my mind. So then here's the cure. The king gives the cure in, in verse 37. He says, Idam sariram parinam peshalam patatyavashyam satasandi jarjaram kim oshadam prichasimuda durmate niramayam krishna rasayanam piba. The body's beauty is fleeting, and at last the body must succumb to death after its hundreds of joints have stiffened with old age. So why, bewildered fool, are you asking for medication? Just take the Krishna elixir, the one cure that never fails. So Prabhupada says, I'll just read this first part by Prabhupada, and then we'll end the class, and we can open it up for any questions or comments. Youth is often blind and deaf to the warnings of oncoming old age and death. A passionate young person may think that such admonitions are for old-timers who do not know how to enjoy. Many so-called philosophers encourage this hedonistic attitude, which is precisely the attitude King Kulashekar is condemning in this verse. The hedonists advise, enjoy as much as you can while you're young, because you only live once. Not only is this advice morally unsound, but its premise is untrue. According to Vedic wisdom, our present life is only one in a series of innumerable lives we've experienced and will experience in innumerable bodies. Thus, hedonism is a prescription for disaster, for the karmic reaction to a misspent youth will cause us to suffer in this lifetime and the next. In his poem, Sharanagati, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur outlines the story of the conditioned soul who wastes a brief lifetime. I drank the deadly poison of worldliness, pretending it was nectar, and now the sun is setting on the horizon of my life. So soon has old age arrived and all happiness departed. Racked by disease, troubled and weak, I find all my simple senses feeble now, my body wrecked and exhausted, and my spirits downcast in the absence of useful pleasures. Since I lack even a particle of devotion and am devoid of all enlightenment, what help is there for me now? O oh, you, O oh Lord, O oh friend of the fallen, can help me. I am certainly fallen, the lowest of men, so please lift me up and place me at your lotus feet. King Kulashekar berates the foolish old person whose only response to his failing health is to seek some medicine. No medicine in the material world can prevent old age and disease, though modern allopathic medicine may temporarily cover the symptoms. The only medicine that can actually bring relief is the Krishna elixir, Krishna consciousness. It is sheer folly to turn solely to doctors in old age instead of to Krishna. One can see enlightenment among the elderly at pilgrimage sites in India, especially in Vrindavan. There one sees many old people visiting temples with intense devotion early in the morning. Hundreds of old people walk the circumambulation and paths despite physical debilities. Some are bent nearly double. Someone might criticize that these people are not being provided with a Western medical treatment that can add a few years to their lives or ease their pain. But the sincere Babajis and widows of Vrindavan who somehow make their way every morning to see Krishna in the temples and who call out Jai Radhe are actually fortunate and most intelligent. They are taking the Krishna Rasayana, 
the elixir that will grant them eternal life in Krishna's spiritual abode. The Vedic Shastras recommend that one drink this elixir from the beginning of life, but even if one neglects to do so earlier, one should by all means drink it during the waning days of life and thus cure the disease of repeated birth and death. Jai! Hare Krishna! Are there any comments or questions? Yes. Just one historical note. Cleopatra didn't attract Alexander the Great. Oh. Julius Caesar. Oh, I'm sorry. Alexander <laughs> the Great was about 300 years before her. Oh, okay, I see. Her father, her, her, she was descended from Ptolemy. Uh-huh. And he was an, an associate of Alexander the Great. Oh, okay. And it was Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. Okay. Marcus Anthony Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. She was famous as a great beauty and the mm-hmm. uh, Prabhupada was describing how he was a great conqueror and conquered all these countries and then it's a single movement of the eyebrows of Cleopatra he was defeated so. anything else? Bhimal Prabhu? Alright, Grantara Shima Bhagavatam Kijai, Shila Prabhupada Kijai, Gora Premanande.